0: Holy Spirit, ask that you help us know what that means for us this week. Uh, use the words I'll speak, the thoughts we'll think. We know that you are always on the move. We know that you make beautiful things out of dust. Lord, show us how that is true, and help us know how we apply that. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, about a month ago, I was driving my son home from his second Little League game of the season. And uh, he, he'd only had a couple of at bats at that point, but he'd done pretty well to that point. And suddenly he said from the back seat, he said, Hey, Dad, I, I, I'm batting 500. And I said, Good job, buddy. I mean, that's, that, that's better than Ichiro. And then there was this pause, and then he said, Yeah, but Ichiro's played more games than I have. Good point. But I love the confidence. So I want to start by asking this question How many of you are always confident? no matter what you face. In every, every situation in life, you always feel 100% confident, raise your hand if that's you. Okay, so you need this sermon, as do I. Because the reality is there's is a lot in life that just kinda of sucks the confidence right out of us. We can be confident in many areas of life, feel courageous and strong in many areas of life, but in others, not so much. So what is it for you right now? Is it career where you don't feel very confident? Or, or maybe it's in your parenting that you don't feel very confident. Does anyone feel confident in parenting? I just want to know, is there anyone at all who ever feels confident about their parenting? I've never felt confident about my parenting. Maybe, maybe it's faith that you're lacking confidence in right now. Or God. Maybe because of some relationship or health problem or financial problem, you just don't have any confidence that God's going to show up. Where would you like more confidence, more courage, more strength? That's what the whole book of 2 Timothy is about, that's what this sermon series is about. How do we have more boldness and confidence? And in the passage that uh, Rich just read, the Apostle Paul, who is in prison, by the way, writing from prison, about to have his head chopped off for being a follower of Jesus. So if ever there was a reason to lack confidence, that would be it, right? Here's what he says. This is my gospel. That word simply means good news. Here's the good news for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. The reason we can be strong, brave, confident is because no matter what we face, God's word is not chained. And what you need to understand is that when the Bible talks about God's word, it's not just talking about the Bible. Or the the Bible, it's talking about God's purposes in the world and in our lives. In in Isaiah, God says this, my word will not return to me empty, but will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So the reason that you can have confidence in your marriage, in your parenting, in your career, in your life, in this world, is because God's purposes cannot be changed. God's purposes cannot be stopped, no matter what happens. And Paul is a great example of this. Right? Every time the Romans threw him in prison, and they were always throwing him in prison, right? every time they threw him in prison, he would simply convert all the jailers, you know, bagging souls, right and left, here and there. And then, you know, and then he'd write all these letters talking about how joyful he was, even though he's in prison, because of Jesus. How frustrating for the Romans. Right? The more they tried to stomp him down, the more God just got his stuff done through the Apostle Paul. That is the physics of grace, where sin increases the grace of God, the power of God, increases all the more. The more the world tries to stop God's purposes, the more God uses the very things the world throws at us, like putting Paul in prison, uses those very things to get his will, to get his kingdom, to get his purposes done. Boss on your case, making you feel bad, here's the good news. Your boss is ever so much smaller than God. And God's purposes cannot be chained by that boss. Health, financial, relationship problems, problems in the world, God's purposes are not bound by those problems. One of our elders named Denine tells a story about how when she was in junior high, she was very anti-church, and she ended up getting in a fist fight at school with a girl who went to this church, and a little while later, that same girl was here in our youth group, and the pastor was talking about how you should forgive your enemies and said, you know, think of someone that you're mad at, and then go do something nice for that person. So this girl decided to invite Denine to our youth choir here at church. But the only reason she invited Deneen was because she knew Deneen was an atheist and would never come. But Denine said yes. And the reason Deneen said yes is because she knew it really bugged this girl if she came. And that's how Deneen became a Christian and an elder in our church. Okay, I have heard of friendship evangelism, but fist fights for Jesus, not so much. But God is not bound even by a fist fight, and he can work through anything, any problem in your life, any problem in this world, God can work through it. His word is not chained by all of our stuff. That's why Paul says, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus. He doesn't say be strong in yourself, It says be strong in Jesus, because your purposes, your plans... My purposes, my plans, your wants, your desires, my wants, my desires, they can all be thwarted, but not God's. And that's the reason for confidence. It's not about us. It's about what God can, does, and is doing in our lives and our world. I heard a story from a woman who said that when her daughter lost her last tooth, she was tired of the whole tooth fairy thing. And her daughter was old enough to be told the truth. So she said to her daughter, you know how the Easter bunny and Santa Claus really, is really mommy? And the daughter said, yeah. And then the mom said, well, there's one more person who's really mommy too. Can you guess who that is? Daughter's eyes got really wide. and She said, God? <laughs> no, we're not. You're not. God, right? Our purposes can be stopped, but God's can't. So here's the deal. If we are on board with where God is going in our lives and in the world, if we are on board with his purposes, we can have confidence because no matter what, no matter what the world throws at God's going to get his will done. I think that's what the Apostle Paul is getting at in the passage. When he uses these three metaphors, he says to Timothy, be like a soldier, a farmer, and an athlete. And then after that he says, think on these things and the Lord will give you insight into what it means. Leaving generations of preachers on Saturday nights going, I don't know what it means, right? (laughs) But I think one of the things, not that that happened to me, no. One of the things that I think all three of those things have in common is they have long-range vision. A soldier's, and that's what keeps them going. That's what gives them motivation to persevere. A a soldier's motivation to keep going, to keep trying, even when things are hard, is his long-range vision of victory. Paul says a soldier does not get involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. In other words, a soldier is focused on where his commanding officer is going. He doesn't get distracted by all kinds of other things. He focuses where the commander is headed. That's what gives him energy and motivation to persevere even through hard times. If we see where Jesus is moving and follow our commander Jesus, it can give us confidence because he's going to get her done one way or the other. It may take time. The world may try to slow it down, but he is gonna get his purposes done one way or the other. Same with an athlete. What motivates the athlete to keep training and trying is that long-range vision of victory. Same with the farmer. I mean, you have to have a lot of vision to be a farmer, right? Put that little seed in the ground and expect that it's actually gonna grow a crop someday. I mean, that's a lot of vision. It's like, it's like buying a swimsuit in May in Seattle, right? Vision, right? <laughs> Summer is gonna finally come. And when, or June, or July, right, and, and when we have a long-term vision of where God is headed in our lives and in the world and get on board with God's purposes, we can be confident because God's purposes are unstoppable, right? I mean, the Romans, right, they throw Paul in prison and chop off his head thinking this will put an end to that whole Christian thing, surely this will do her, right? Well, here we are 2,000 years later, guess they were wrong. God's purposes cannot ultimately be stopped. And the only way that we can get a vision for where God is headed, what his purposes are in our life and in the world, is, is to stick close to Jesus. Listen to those nudges that we get in prayer. Read the Bible and do what it says to do. Get wise counsel in our lives so that we don't get off track and you know, start misinterpreting what the Bible is saying. Say like, predicting that the world is going to end on May 21st, 2011. I mean, can you believe how much media coverage that thing got? When Jesus clearly says in the Bible, if the guy just read the Bible, Jesus clearly says no man knows the hour or the day. It's all there in Scripture, right? Plain as day. And personally, I'm glad the rapture wasn't yesterday because if it had been, and I'm still here as a pastor, that's just embarrassing, right? (laughs) But you're still here too, so... (laughs) We can get off track, but if we pay attention to what the Bible actually says, have some wise counsel in our lives, and through prayer, God can give us a vision of his purposes. And then that gives us confidence, energy, motivation, because God's purposes ultimately cannot be stopped. Let me give an example. In parenting, I think one of the reasons we get frustrated in parenting is because we're trying to accomplish our purposes in our kids, not God's purposes, Proverbs says, train a child up in the way that he should go and he will not depart from it. And the Hebrew actually means train them according to his bent, according to his or her design, what God designed them to be. You know, sometimes we're trying to turn our children into athletes when God designed them to be musicians, or turn them into academics when God designed them to be a people person, or something like that. Does your child have the spiritual gift of rebellion? <laughs> Vastly underrated spiritual gift. Right? And many children have it. It's their job description, right, to rebel. That can be a very useful gift when channeled appropriately. That kid becomes the kid that does not cave to peer pressure or cultural pressure but rebels against it and follows the greatest revolutionary of all named Jesus. What does God want to get done in your child? Right? He wants them to turn into a moral human being. Right? That's God's purposes. They want, and God has a bent that he's given them. How, how do we cooperate? Get on board with that and it's a lot less frustrating. I know of a woman who's a stay-at-home mom, but she used to manage a hedge fund, and when she said that she was a stay-at-home mom, sometimes people would kind of look down on her. So she memorized this great response. When people ask her what she does, she says, I'm socializing two homo sapiens into the judeo christian ethic so that they can be agents for the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia that God has intended from the beginning of all time. And then she says, and what do you do? She's got a vision, right? For a long term vision for where God is going, what God's purposes are. Do you have a vision for what God's purposes are in your life? When you face hard times, do you have a vision for God's purpose to use those hard times to help you become like Jesus and give you a story? It may take years, but He's going to get her done. Do you have a vision for God's purposes in your life? And do you have a vision for God's purposes in the world? You know, For the last year, I've periodically showed you this Newsweek cover, and I've said, what if the east side was so transformed that we were known as the new God's country? Not because Christians took power politically or something like that, but because God was in control, and God's spirit was on the move, getting his thing done. So that poverty rates dropped because Christians were serving in ways that gave a hand up, not a hand out. What if businesses became more ethical because of the ways that we behaved within them? What if, what if marriages became strong and healthy because of the way Christians were responding to the marriage crisis in our culture? I am pretty sure that those are God's purposes from Scripture. And when I see those things happening, it gives me confidence... That God is on the move and that he cannot be stopped and that he is bigger than any problem in my life, bigger than any problem in this world. And that as the hymn says, though the wrong is oft so strong, God is the ruler yet and he is on the move and he will not be stopped. A few months ago I, I told you that the Jubilee Reach Center, Christian center started in this church, has been invited to run the after school sports programs in all of Bellevue's middle schools a Christian organization running sports programs in public schools. who to thunk it? I mean, when we launched this thing years ago, I, 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 I was talking to Brent Christie, the director at JRC, a couple weeks ago. I said, when we launched this, would you ever have imagined that this could have happened? And he said, no. But God is not chained to our limited imaginations, and he's certainly not chained to issues of church and state. And when I see God on the move that way, it gives me confidence that he will not be stopped. A year ago, we launched a program called Deeper Impact. We invited folks to volunteer to do one of three things, be a peer or mentor to someone in need, join a resource team to help folks in need, or be an ambassador in your neighborhood or your office for Jesus. It was one step toward that news we cover. Now, it was a new program, so we had some trial and error to get through, but God is not bound, God is not chained to our trial and error, and a lot has happened since, Eastside Academy, for the first time, is able to give mentors to every student that wants one. never happened before because of deeper impact. We've been able to open a legal clinic on the east side to help families who can't afford legal aid. KidReach was able to start a family support program. We were able to start a medical van, al- along with helping folks with dental, tutoring, financial needs, all kinds of stuff. One woman who was, uh, following, uh, was being uh, helped at the Jubilee Reach Center was diagnosed with liver cancer. And she she had surgery scheduled, but she was having a lot of trouble navigating through the medical system because she didn't speak English. So through Deeper Impact, we gave her a volunteer, come alongside of her, and just kind of give her emotional support, connect her to other people who can resource her. One of the things we provided for this woman was a translator because she didn't speak English. And through the translator, discovered that this woman didn't have cancer at all. She had hepatitis, right? But she was so lost in the medical system, she got confused. Deeper impact relieved an awful lot of fear in her life because Christians were there to help her out. And when I see stuff like that, it gives me confidence that, yes, there's a lot wrong in the world. Yes, there's a lot of trouble and wrong in our life. You'd have to be crazy not to see that. But God's word is not chained. His purposes are unstoppable. Another woman that I'll call Ruth lost her husband after 60 years of marriage. And she was depressed and lonely. So... She reluctantly volunteered at the Jubilee Reach Center at her daughter's urging. Started helping out with the medical and the dental vans. Then she started going to the exercise program, and at 83, started meeting a lot of younger women. Well, one of the younger women was named Sess, whose mother, whose own mother had died several months earlier. And Sess wanted to learn English, so Ruth started helping Sess with that. But along the way, they also started sharing their lives. They laughed together. They cried together. And now Sess has made Ruth her surrogate mom and the void that Ruth felt from having lost her husband is being filled by Seth and other people at JRC. Ruth lost her husband, Seth lost her mom, but God's purposes cannot be stopped even by death. God's purpose to bring them a future and hope could not be stopped even by death. God's word is not changed. That's why I'm inviting all of us to do the prayer walk I've been talking about the last couple of weeks. In order to help us be more bold, in order us to see how God is on the move on the east side, today I'm going to ask you to commit to pray for at least seven days, more if you want, uh, to, 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 uh, to be consecutive or however you want to do it, not consecutive, however you want to do it, for a specific neighborhood of your choosing, where you live, where you work, one you just care about. And and the bulletin insert gives you some ideas of what you can pray for. And if on one of those seven days at least you could actually walk through that neighborhood and pray for every house or every business there one by one, that would be great. You could do it with a friend if you wanted, right? And in order to visually see where all the prayer is happening, all the places that are being covered, before you leave, please go to one of the maps in the lobby. There's a red pin on them. Take a red pin and put it in the neighborhood or neighborhoods that you're going to pray for. Or at least near it, right? Like if you can't find your particular cul-de-sac, just approximate is okay, all right? East Siders, my, where's my, right? So approximate is all right. Before you leave today, put one of those red pins in the, in the neighborhood that you're going to pray for. That will just help us to see all the areas that are being covered. Because if that Newsweek cover is going to come, it is not going to be what we do. It is going to be what God does, and that requires prayer. And revival never happens unless folks pray for it. So I'm calling us to prayer, church while back I mentioned to you that a friend of mine did, the similar, did a similar thing in his church in Honolulu and they saw miracles. One couple in one neighborhood, marriage completely shot, suddenly they started putting it back together again and they ended up having a very healthy marriage. One neighborhood was riddled with strip clubs and adult theaters and they just prayed that those things would go out of business and within 10 months all of them had gone out of business. Now, I want you to be careful with that particular prayer, okay? Don't be calling down curses on Cinnabon because your cinnamon roll was cold or something like that. But where there is true oppression, pray it out of business. Right? One group of people got permission to go into the lunchroom of a local school where there was a lot of fights during lunch. They simply sat there and prayed. And within a couple of months, the incidence of fighting started to go way down. I told you last year, a, a set of small groups started to pray for one of the worst high schools in Honolulu. A lot of crime. Within a month, the top three drug dealers in that high school had been arrested, and after a year, the crime rate dropped by half. All they did was pray. Folks started calling from all over the country, asking these people, how did you do it? Asking the school, how did you do it? And all the school officials could say, was, we don't know, this church just started to pray. That's all they could say. And now all the the high schools in Honolulu want churches praying for them. Secular, public high schools, right? Because prayer is powerful stuff. Sometimes the results are quick, Sometimes the results take years, but prayer is powerful stuff. Because through it, we can see that God is on the move. One last story. Last month, we had a service day for some of our young adults who are in this church. And one of the groups went out to hand out sandwiches to homeless people in Seattle. And we said, don't just give them sandwiches, but also pray for them, offer to pray for them. Well, for one guy, that was way outside of his comfort zone. So all he would do is he would talk to the homeless guys. He would give them, you know, he'd give them the sandwiches, but that was all he wanted to do. Well, one of his teammates, he didn't know this, but one of his teammates was also handing out Bibles, but he didn't know that. And at one point, one of the homeless men saw one of the Bibles and said, Can I have it? But this guy looked at the Bible and saw that it had initials on it and said, No, it belongs to someone. It has initials. But his teammate just took the Bible and handed it to the homeless person anyway. Well, later, when we were all back together... He was talking about this. He was telling the story, and he said, looked at his teammates, by the way, whose Bible was that anyway? It had initials on it. His teammate said, yeah, the initials were KJV, King James Version. (laughs) So he hasn't lived that one down yet. Folks keep coming up to him and saying things like, have you met the new guy, NIV? Lots of fun, right? (laughs) Anyway, toward the end of the day, um, one of his teammates said to him, you know, why don't you step out of your comfort zone and pray for one of these homeless men? So the last homeless guy he talked to of the day, he did just that. Put his hand on the homeless man's shoulder and started to pray. And as he did, he felt an overwhelming sense of God's presence. Now, you need to understand, this guy isn't, I wouldn't describe him as a touchy-feely, emotional kind of guy. He's kind of a computer person. So nothing wrong with that, but just, you know, very logical, right? Not real touchy-feely. Suddenly, he felt God's presence so strong, he started shaking. He didn't know what was wrong with him. He started shaking. When he was done praying, he had to sit down because he was so overwhelmed. He just felt this inner power going through him, like electricity. When he got home that night, he said he was still so overwhelmed with the presence of God that he started to cry. Remember, not touchy-feely kind of a guy. And it's been a turning point for him. You know, He said prior to that, he was just sort of going through the motions. And he'd been struggling with a lot of different issues in his life, but now God has become more real, much more powerful, and his issues seem smaller because he realized how big God is. And that, that God, God's purposes in his life and in this world cannot be stopped. Yes, there's junk in the world, but God is always on the move to push it back and undo what the devil has done. So this week, will you ask God to give you a vision for his purposes in your life and in the world? And a great way to do that would be to do that prayer walk. And go out there after this service and stick a red pin in that neighborhood you're going to pray for. Because God is on the move and he cannot be stopped. Financial worries, God is not chained by those financial worries. It may take time, it may take years, but some way he's going to bring something good out of it for you and his purposes are going to get there. Health struggles, relationships issues, God's purposes are not bound by those problems. And when we look at our world and we see poverty and loneliness and divorce, God's purposes are not bound by that at all. And through his people, he is working to make all things new and to bring beautiful things out of the dust. And yes, we're going to face trials. And yes, there's going to be difficulties. And yes, there's going to be setbacks and discouragements and problems of every kind. But God's word cannot be stopped. God's purposes are not bound. God's arm is not too short to save. God's word is not chained, which means neither are you and neither am I because he is unstoppable. And that means you are too. He's going to get her done. That's why we can be confident. So Jesus, help us to believe that. We look around our world, we see all kinds of problems, we see all kinds of issues. And God asks that you would help us to believe, to know that you are on the move in our lives and in this world. Show us how. Show us your purposes. Get us on board with those. We know that you are mighty to save, so Lord, help us follow you in that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.